Hello and welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores the controversial and challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, psychologist, Dr. Aaron Parks of UCR's Counseling and Psychological Services. I'm joined by my co-host, child and adolescent psychiatry fellow, Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi. Hi, Tosha. Hey, Dr. Parks. Third-year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. D.M. Nguyen. Hi, Hi. D.M. Hi, Dr. Parks. And we're joined by our special guest host, our producer, None other than Elliot Fong. Woo! Hi, Elliot. Hey, hello, Dr. Parks. I am so glad that you joined us. Thank you for having today. me. Because I, th- I feel like you can have some really uh, great insights. Uh, and thank you for your crackers, Elliot. <laughs> You're welcome. Tosha is really food. hungry. <laughs> Tosha, you really hungry. When's the last time you ate? Lunch. <laughs> Lunch? Yeah. Oh. So seven hours ago? Have You know, I had a really busy, well... The views expressed here on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker. They do not represent UCR, UCR Counseling and Psychological Services, or UCR School of Medicine. Now, on today's show, we're going to talk about the coronavirus and some of the... um, Hamster cough. (laughs) Anxiety (laughs) and also hysteria. Hamster cough. Okay, I think Tosh has to once uh, explain what hamster cough is. Okay, go ahead. It's the German word for panic hoarding. Mm. It's a hashtag going around social media right now in Germany when people take a picture of empty shelves in supermarkets like Aldi and Lidl. 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 That's their grocery store or something or Target or something? They say hashtag hamster cough. (laughs) That that, that cues uh, German folks in to what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's panic hoarding. It's our topic. Yes, the 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 anxiety, the the uh, um, herd mentality mm-hmm. of what's going on with mm-hmm. coronavirus and what, what we might have to 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 add to that. But I, but first, I, you know, has how's people's days going? Because I, you know, I've had a mm. really, I've had a really tough long day. Have you ever felt like you've see one person after the other? And I, I really love my job. Okay, so don't get me wrong, but you see one person after the other, after the other, after the other, like all throughout the day, there's no breaks. Do you ever feel like, oh, when is me time? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that way? Especially oh my gosh. outpatient. That's yeah. why I like inpatient a lot. Because you can have a little rest periods yeah. or something? Mm-hmm. What do you do in your rest period in an inpatient facility? Um, I'll look at my video cam of Genji. <laughs> <laughs> now you don't have to because we're also joined by Genji the dog. Genji. Genji the puppy. He's, he's chewing on his bully stick. He got tired of his antler. I know. Well, then I, I what I do is I just eat two candy bars. Okay. <laughs> that does it. Like full size candy bars. Full size candy bars. Which ones? Which ones? Well, I have a ton of them because I I, I have a bunch of candy wanna, bars like, like stuffed your, in my your drawer. Yes. That should be full of files. Everyone that knows me bars. knows that I have a giant like two drawers full of just oh junk God. food, all different types, all different types. No wonder you wanted to talk about How that. How do you stay fit, Doctor Parks? Well, I exercise like crazy. Yeah, Doctor Parks is not is not three hundred. I exercise <laughs> like crazy in order to do, but I feel a little bit guilty after I do it especially the second one I felt a little bit guilty but enough about me let's talk about other people's problems Wait, do you feel guilty like when you the start the second problem. one or after you finish the second one I feel, or midway through I know what I'm going to do I'm going to eat two candy bars even before I do it and then I do it and then I feel just a little bit but overall it's like 60 40 60% I still love the fact that I did it and 40% is 
But see, overall, it's still okay. I yeah. feel okay about it. It's still worth it. I don't see. You know, what I don't want to fall into the trap is feeling guilty about things I eat. Heck, no. Mm. I'm not doing that. Mm. I'm gonna eat what I want to eat. I don't want to fall into that trap because that's a terrible trap. I've been there no. a little bit yeah. every once in a while and don't want to fall in that trap. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, with the amount you exercise, I do exercise a lot. How could you really feel guilty about anything? You see, that's what I'm saying. But you can. You yeah. even said two candy bars. See, see, you had that reaction. So I'm saying it's easy. But anyway, all right. Getting back to other people. So the coronavirus. So, uh, you know, I I had colleagues that talked about going to Costco. Costco is incredibly crowded. What's going on? Costco is insane. <laughs> so my friend was. He is also into the hoarding. Um, survivalist mentality and he decided he needed to stock up on toilet paper called five costcos in the area around la and they were all out we had to go wow. like 40 minutes to a costco away from us to get by toilet paper and um wet wipes wait were you accompanying wow. him as he was doing his yeah i was just doing it because it's like doomsday costco Sunday. prepper <laughs> yeah but what 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 does toilet paper have to do with coronavirus nothing it has nothing to do with coronavirus it's insane <laughs> It's not going to protect you from coronavirus. It's just basic necessity. It's just following the hoarding that you expect everybody else to buy all the toilet paper. In case you have to, like, hunker down. Right. And, like, you're going to expect a shortage by causing a shortage immediately. So Yeah, there's some sort of hurting mentality that's going on. I mean, economists kind of talk about that. You know, you have this kind of activity where someone buys something, it suddenly feels like there's scarcity. And then ev- other and people then start. Everybody, mm-hmm. it, and it just spirals. Right. It's all over the world. I, I mean, I read something today that Iran officials discovered a cache of medical s- supplies. <clears throat> Sorry, a, a big, a, basically someone was hoarding medical supplies, including 28 million medical gloves. What? 28 million Wait, medical but gloves. Wait, the, oh, they were going to sell these things, 20 million. I don't know. Well, of course. But um, that twenty million is a little bit too much for one person, sure, and one family, sure, sure, sure. Um, but pharmacies in Iran are short on supplies. Schools are closing. Iran's judiciary chief um, said, "Show no mercy to hoarders of medicine and medical supplies." That was Friday, and then Saturday. Is he encouraging popular action, like vigilante action? Toward okay, well, hoarders? listen to this. Iran's attorney general on Sunday said those found guilty of hoarding coronavirus-related supplies could face the death penalty. Wow. In Iran. Well, it is terrible. Now, I um, mean, not even Iran. The the Surgeon General had to come out with a like uh, saying, "Please do not start hoarding like masks and stuff." Mm, because CDC said yeah, that too. yeah, Don't because harm. there are people who actually need it, like construction workers who are working with asbestos mm. and are not worried about oh, co- wow. coronavirus. But now there's a shortage of masks okay. everywhere, and they can't use it on their day to day life. And now you're actually putting them to like direct exposure with mm. uh, like asbestos and other things that they need to protect themselves because of your fear of possible exposure to coronavirus yeah don't buy masks basically it's causing the shortage now elliot you have some folks some of your relatives that are live in hong kong now what what is your take on the different levels of fear anxiety between here and there i mean same thing with the toilet paper the toilet paper hoarding in hong kong started off with a a rumor on social media and a lot of these Stereotypically, a lot of these middle-aged folks and older folks came out and just hoarded, just buying a bunch of toilet paper and paper towels. So that's kind of like a joke. 
Was like, it someone like robbed at like knife point in Hong Kong for like 200 rolls of toilet paper? <laughs> there was a shit- oh yeah, there's a shipment of toilet paper. The person did get robbed. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> no, it's not funny. Um, it's insane if you think about it that like we, you just robbed someone <laughs> for like toilet paper to like wipe your butt. <laughs> like it's definitely the- doomsday. Pre- if definitely people with the idea that they're going to have to hunker down. Uh, quarantined in their house for long periods of time. Now, it, that actually is a real kind of concern in China because I've I've seen that you know they 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 have these speakers that uh, it sounds like they're almost wireless speakers that are put on blocks that just tell people yes today stay inside stay inside. Yeah, I mean so they could be quarantined inside. Yeah, I that's mean, at least a little bit of a justification than uh, we're doing it. Yeah, in Hong Kong, I think a lot of people have a lot of mistrust in the government and how they're handling the uh, the virus, and um, that there's a, also a lot of people um, from mainland China going into Hong Kong to use the medical uh, facilities there because it's better than oh wow a, a lot. So there's a lot of uh, how are they being responded to? Do you think they're um, welcomed? There's a lot of uh, friction because then mm. the medical uh, people, frontline medical workers and so on, they're saying that they cannot handle the increased amount of people, especially with the mounting, uh, you know, people being the growing population. And so um, there's a lot of friction right now, a lot, a lot of politics. Now, I feel a lot of that fear and anxiety is sort of legitimate, okay, being that it's in China, it kind of started there, it's kind of growing out of there, just like as the disease spreads. But... Uh, okay, does anyone feel this way? I, I, I sort of feel like some of this uh, kind of anxiety-driven uh, activity of, of grabbing all these supplies, feeling like you're going to just, – just for the, the chance that you might have to be quarantined in your house, it's such a small chance. I, 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 I don't have a positive feeling toward the, um, our population that's given to that kind of activity. It kind of feels like it's almost like it was like, oh, I have to I have to really prep this much and I have to intensely go and buy tons of stuff for that one percent chance that I'm going to be quarantined in my house. I, I feel like that you, there's so many better things or more things to do with your time and your money. Does that am I yeah. am I just complaining about something that's not very uh, I shouldn't complain about no I think if you take a step back and you think about where we are and how rational it is to do all this then yeah it it makes sense that you shouldn't be doing all this but I think we all fall into that like mentality of we panic and everybody else is doing it so we might as well do it to protect ourselves like just right now I got like I showed you a picture of my friend at like target and the shelves are and the toilet paper shelves are empty and so it's like oh people are buying them i should buy them yeah Yeah, if i'm right next to a toilet paper right now i should buy it do you think this is worse in capitalist societies the hoarding the panic hoarding Mm. oh i don't I don't know. I think it happens everywhere. Sure. I think our it amygdala, clearly is our happening everywhere. Yeah, our I'm just wondering if there's everywhere. also a cultural component. Now, psychologically speaking, when you have and now a lot of folks have anxiety. I have anxiety, but when you have anxiety, anxiety, anxiety issue, your anxiety is a warning system. Mm-hmm. So if it's kind of sounding off too many times, too often, too frequently, too intensely, and you are acting on it you're basically reinforcing your anxiety. So mm-hmm. definitely the next time we have a scare, definitely the people that kind of a little bit overreacted, powered by their anxiety, their anxiety is gonna be more intense, 
it's going to they're going to then um, feel more anxiety if they mm. don't buy more stuff. So I feel like it's almost like this this situation probably could get worse. Yeah, it's actually funny it's a maladaptive you coping that too, because Bill Gates uh, wrote an article in Nedjum like a couple days ago about. He wrote an article in the New England Journal of Medicine a few days ago about how lower income countries like Africa um, and Asia are not equipped to deal with the crisis because they already have their own like heavy health burdens with HIV and everything else. And so if we don't help those countries, then their resources are going to be more overburdened and the spread is actually going to be more um widespread than we think because the numbers that we're getting are numbers from higher income countries right like numbers from european countries our numbers like asian countries no one's really talking about the numbers coming out of africa or the numbers coming out of indonesia or anything else um and but i mean they are just as susceptible as anyone else so yeah that really Mm -hmm. puts it on um, when you think of it that way, we we really do have to help other people in order to help ourselves. Right. We'll be doing both, you know, by by allowing them to fight the spread, then it'll prevent it or at least slow it down from coming over to us. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. Right. Well, it should. But I think one of the things that Elliot brought up is just this mistrust of government that I think spreads with the panic buying like mm-hmm. I wonder if it's part of like the fake news hashtag like do we trust the news that's coming mm-hmm. out even mm-hmm. tech people like Bill Gates have I think they have their own like data that they're recording and their <laughs> own like numbers that they're recording that don't really match with like what certain news sources are recording what does that mean I think it's just every there's just certain mistrust of like the data that's coming out. Everybody's saying like China actually handled the CDC said China actually handled the crisis pretty well. That the rest of the world is not as equipped to handle the crisis. Um, but there's a lot of mistrust with the data that comes out of China, right? We don't know how many people have actually gotten like infected yeah. or how many people have actually died. No, and you were talking about Iran, Tosha, earlier. So um, the, the the health minister. Mm-hmm. came down with coronavirus but there's a rumor there that well he's gonna he wasn't actually sick he's gonna come back oh. really quickly and then he's gonna say see there's nothing to fear whoa that's the conspiracy right. theory, one of the conspiracy theories there's and, so many like yeah fake news conspiracy theories okay, that now, just leads to this mistrust so how many people believe um, Donald Trump when he gives an assessment of how bad the coronavirus is or not no, this is my favorite topic by the way the health czar. Okay, that's insane. The guy believes that you should pray instead of vaccinate. I'm sorry. He I'm doesn't. Stop well, he doesn't have a good track record. This is my favorite topic, by the way. Okay, but he doesn't have a Pence doesn't have a very good track record when he was top uh, when the AIDS crisis happened in Indiana because he didn't believe in the clean needle program. It allowed it to progress a little more quickly, and so he doesn't have a good track record with um, disease and infection control. But um, how much confidence do you feel Americans? I'll just say, how much is the um, anxiety-driven over-preparation by a lot of folks, buying toilet paper and things, is driven by the fact that nationally we don't trust our leaders to provide accurate information, mm-hmm. that we've got to do things ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, And so I'm talking about Definitely. the White House. Do you feel yeah. like that's a, it is a big reason? I think so, because I think yeah. like people feel like they're doing something when they buy something like toilet paper, which or mask or hand like um, sanitizer, which at the end of the day probably won't protect them that much. But it gives a a response that they're doing something because they feel like their government isn't doing something. 
And if you're just joining us, you're listening to Let's Get Psyched on KUCR, and we're talking about the coronavirus um, hysteria and anxiety, um, over prep, uh, doomsday prepping that's going on right now. I, as far as the doomsday prepping, I've always had this um, this kind of beef about people that do doomsday prepping. So they're buying tons of food. How much water are you storing? If you're not storing barrels and barrels of water, you're dying after a week. Does that make sense? Am I missing uh-huh. something? No. I don't yeah. get that. Right. Why would, yeah, because you, you need water. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. Where are you going to get it if you're And especially up? the water that they buy. I don't think people know water expires. You can't store right. it like that long. You, you can get that. Spe- I actually, do you, do you do this? Does anyone do this? I actually, I'm not a doomsday <laughs> prepper. Okay. I'm not a doomsday prepper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's turned against <laughs> me. <laughs> so you're like, I have the leg up here. No, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> All I, you doomsday preppers. I did prep for the earthquake the way it should have been done, not doomsday <laughs> prepping and zombies, people. No, I did oh, earthquake oh prepping. And so I bought I bought a, a couple of, you know, those 55-gallon drums. And you put you put a, a chemical in it that keeps it for five years. That's pretty good. So then you and but you have to switch it out every five years. So yeah. How much water do you have? Well, two fifty-five. Well, three, three fifty-five gallon drums. That's a lot. That's a lot. Is that a lot? Well, I mean, each person needs one gallon a day. Okay. So how many days would that be for my wife and I? Uh, Yeah. And so and then we have a pool. <laughs> but I'm not gonna drink that thing. I'm wa- I'm rinsing off. Actually, I watched Doomsday Prepper, and like a pool is actually you rinse very off. Encouraged. You wash. You wash your as long plates. as you don't put chlorine in that pool. Well, I mean, well, you don't drink it though, right? You just you just wash it. You rinse yeah, off and that kind yeah. of stuff. But this brings up a good point, right? Like Elliot was talking about before the show. Um, maybe we should be focusing all this frenzy towards earthquake preparedness. Isn't that For more Southern like, California yeah, isn't that a more reasonable way right. to prepare? I don't know. Elliot, do you think like your relatives in Hong Kong would have advice for us? Like what we should be doing? Honestly, I think they're just trying to um, stay safe and not really go out. You know, it's funny, though, because um, my parents are still over there and they, I asked them, do you stay home a lot? And they said, no, we go out every day. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have masks. They have enough masks. But my other friend, he only goes out maybe once a week. He works from home. And so... Because of the coronavirus fears. Yeah, and I think he's also trying to ration masks. Oh, yeah. I see. Because you don't want to use it too much, right? Yeah, because, uh, you know, basically a mask is one day throw away. Okay. Yeah, because okay. you can't reuse them. So... Yeah, I, I, so now I kind of want to switch to our clients and how we run things as a clinic and, and see patients and things like that. And so um, do you feel like, first of all, Elliot, do people that, um, new folks that come in, um, guests that come in, um, do you do any kind of um, signage or do you tell people, you know, wash your hands or give? do you offer people masks? Here or? at the station? Yeah, no. No. So you don't I, you don't take any precautions at all. <laughs> this is actually a dangerous place to be. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think the common flu with the, you know, several strains right now, I mean, it's really deadly here in the states. I mean, tens of thousands of people, Americans die every year. So I mean, we need to just be more aware, broaden our perspectives of what kind of viruses we have. I think that is it opened my eyes. I think that is opening eyes of that how much influenza kills people. Yeah. And how wow, if it kills that many people, you really should be careful. Not just to not spread it yourself. 
So mm-hmm. other folks might not have, a, have a, might have a compromised immune system, right? I mean, I, I, I've been more active in the Lysoling everything. <laughs> so, did you Lysol I, this mic before I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take that as a no. Well, that says <laughs> maybe the other two are Lysol, but not this one. Okay, I'm just kidding. Well, okay. Well, so have you noticed any changes where you work? So where are the yes. the various locations you've worked and yeah. what changes? I haven't. You Hosp- have? But the hospitals DM. have. The hospitals have started like a preparation like, well, maybe it's because Rob talks to me about it. Okay. Where they, Who's the, Rob? Sorry. So my fiance is a pulmonary critical fa- care fellow. So he actually works in the ICU and he works with you know, poem issues oh, that okay. patients have. So the hospitals like in LA have started like trying to prepare for like being overwhelmed basically what happened in like china and what the the main concern is that they're going to be understaffed and as elliot coughs during our our coronavirus elliot does not have the coronavirus (laughs) although there's no way to prove it um but yeah just so they're trying to prepare for the shortage of staff and just the shortage of supplies Mm -hmm. with that we expect if lax you know so they they have legitimate preparation. They're, they're like yeah, the hospitals yeah. are and starting also pulmonary to issues, and that's legitimate. That's yeah, very. You have to be very careful in those environments. Yeah, yeah but I mean, sense. in our outpatient clinics, no, not really. We're not, but we probably should be because sick patients gather together, and that's if they're not, they're going to gather in a hospital and, a, and in a clinic. Well, we had a kind of meeting today at at, at UCR Counseling Center um, where, yes, there there are several folks that are concerned, but Tosha, no changes? Oh, actually, I take that back. There was um, one of the nurses in one of my outpatient clinics was passing around masks. Okay, so you have one of the... uh... What, what what is the, the Nosh ninety five? I I still have it in my purse. Yeah. Okay. I, it's with the little metal thing where you bend over your. I think it might be an N ninety five, and then he also had just like those, I don't know, the ones with the like the panels oh. across it that just kind of. <laughs> I'm making a gesture with my hands. But that looks like a dance know. move. You're doing something <laughs> with your hands right now and over your face. <laughs> you know, it's like an accordion over your mouth. Oh, you know okay. Yeah. yeah, you know the the really the real cheap ones, the one with the rubber bands. We mm-hmm. offer that to our they don't work. client. They don't work, <laughs> but do they prevent you from touching your face? No, because you're touching no. your face, putting them in on. It's that like I don't <laughs> adjusting them. Constantly adjusting is yeah. actually making you touch your face more often. Probably. Yeah, Mike Kaiser attending like came in with an N95 mask yeah. into my oh. clinic. I like wearing like, it? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. No, I've definitely seen people. Like all around, you see people randomly have have masks on. Yeah. But 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 as far as the CDC, they say that it, only if you have a compromised immune system or you're caring for someone that has a compromised immune yeah. system. Correct. That's currently what the recommendation is. Well, when when do you um no so you don't take now when you notice um one of your patients is sick or coughing, what do you tell them? Do you Go off? To- primary care doctor. <laughs> you say, they, so when they come in and they start doing a little cough here and there and you're noticing, yeah, they might be sick, do you, do you try to um, read their vitals? Do you, you test to see if they have a fever or do you just say, oh, wait, that's enough. That's it. You need to go to a primary care. Like, how do you, where do you draw the line, I'm trying to say? Uh, I mean, DM I guess it's Tosha. the same as the flu. It's like I would say, yeah, you should go to a primary care doctor. For where do you draw the line, though? Like, what, 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 what do you see? What do you notice? Where you're saying, okay, that's it. 
I've saw I've seen that you've coughed into your elbow twice, or <laughs> you're sniffling. Like what? what I don't where think do you? I have a what's if side. If their like vitals are unstable, then I'm like, yeah, you should definitely. So just you would head take out. their vitals. Yeah. We usually do automatically. Temperature too, though. Oh uh, yeah. I think so. Okay. And the nurses do it, so they tell me my knees. Depends. Depends where you are. Now, um, uh, one of my colleagues, um, at his clinic, they were, um, they had the, uh, uh, you know, the little ray gun where you you do the oh, little wow. end, little dot. And they were doing that for everyone that was coming in. Okay. They were just blast. They were aiming at their forehead. For the temperature. Oh yes. You're talking and about then the temperature. identifying the temperature of everyone's forehead as they came in. Every single person. Like somebody's wow. going to shoot you. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like a no for- I know it did. Know. Didn't it seem like that? Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that, right, with yeah. the, of the uh, infrared sight. They do that at airports. But Laser yeah. sight, sorry. Wow. Yeah, So and then no informed consent. I, I'm a little bit uh, I'm not at ease with that. I feel like you should tell people, if you're coming in here, be prepared. To have your temperature taken. That's because a good point. I think you should you should kind of give people a heads up. But what, someone's Atosha, taking your health information. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, someone's going to. Well, where would you draw the line, Tosha, of like how sick someone is, or? I mean, yeah, I think if they were in. Or when you distress, would wear a mask, when you yourself would wear a mask to work, where how would you draw the line? Uh, I mean, if I felt sick, I just don't go to work. Okay. Yeah. Well, and wh- wh- when would you tell a, a patient, well, you need to go, I'm not going to see you? If they're in acute distress, I wouldn't see them. How would you judge but, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, someone could have similar symptoms just having the se- like seasonal allergies. Right, right. My allergies are really bad right now, and people have been asking me, like, are you sick? <laughs> <laughs> so if, so if, if a patient had really bad allergies, and they told you I have really bad allergies, but kept kind of coughing in their elbow over and over, you would be fine with that as long as they told you I have really bad allergies. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, good. <laughs> what can you do? You either get it or you don't. You feel you feel like you could you could survive because you don't have a compromised immune system. No. But be they're healthy. more likely to pass it on to other people who are like. If they're coughing a lot, I would ask them to put a mask on, or cover their cough. Even if they something. had allergies, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't. Okay, so what? But what now? What do you? How do you re- react to colleagues that are very scared? Have you noticed? First of all, have you noticed anyone that's has a little bit of a profiling of Asian folks because that's been reported here personally, and there. Personally, I haven't noticed, but I would imagine Be- that Especially that's international students from China, yeah. things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed? I haven't seen it. Have I you? haven't experienced it firsthand. How, how, have you, have, do you have any colleagues that are a little bit at, uh, ill at ease about um, the level of preparation, um, how much concern is being raised, um, what what you as a clinic as, as you know people in the clinic are doing that kind of thing I've, I'm, I'm hearing a little bit of rumbling hmm. that maybe we, we should as a I'm not sure what the, the the UC policy is overall but I know that we're we're it's it's typically currently in formation well I think the only good thing about like the whole panic with follow the CDC recommendations is that I hope that like more funding goes into like healthcare resources and I know that a lot of funding the administration had taken away a lot of funding into research and that worries uh, me for yeah. sure 100%. and so I hope this concern about the possible this pandemic that's coming increases like funding so into our research our vaccinations our healthcare that's my hope And that'll do it for us here on Let's Get Psyched. Tonight we talked about the coronavirus fears and anxieties and uh, doomsday prepping. Thank you to our co-hosts, Dr. Toshi Yamaguchi, Dr. D.M. Nguyen, and our special co-hosts, our producer, Elliot Fong. Thank you, Elliot, for joining us.
If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, you can write us at getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. That's getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. You can also catch all of our previous episodes on every streaming platform in podcast form. This episode was recorded in the studios of KUCR on the campus of the University of California, Riverside. I've been your host, psychologist, Dr. Aaron Parks. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched. Let's get psyched.